0: Uh, Welcome to Season 2 of the Accidental Marketer Podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and I'm joined by my colleagues Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam. Hi, guys.
1: Hey, Mary. Hey, Mary.
0: So um, in this first season, we had um, taken a deeper dive into each of the chapters of our book, The Accidental Marketer. This season, our focus is on busting some of those long-held marketing myths, Um, When we ask clients, both big and small, if they have a strategy, they often say, yes, and as part of it, we have a great SWOT that we present to our senior leaders. Um, (laughs) So today, this myth that we are busting is that SWOT is a useful strategic planning tool. That is the myth. So, Sean, can you help us understand what SWOT is and why we think it's dead?
1: Yeah, I think this should be one of the easier explanations. Most people have experienced SWOT or been involved in creating one. Um, But for completeness, let's just explain what it is. It's essentially a two-by-two matrix, and in each one of the quadrants, you, you, you headline it with strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, hence the SWOT. It's an acronym. And the strengths and weaknesses are an internal assessment of what our business is good at, and what we maybe are not so good at and then the opportunities and threats represent an external view of the the marketplace and we we look at what opportunities are presenting themselves and also what threats exist that might derail our uh, our business model or our future success so it's a way of collecting data under those four discrete headings um and that's as that's as Detailed as you need to go with the SWOT analysis. And, and, and why do we think it's dead? I, I guess we probably should say that it's not dead. If we measure its, its vitality in terms of how often it's used, then it's, it's in rude health. You know, it's used a lot. I guess our point is that its usefulness is, is what we would question. Um, and, and maybe, you know, we have a death wish for it. You know, we, we'd rather <laughs> it, it wasn't used. But, um, you know, it, it's very much alive. And, and you know, it's simple. It's a simple tool, and as I said at the beginning, that most people have used, and you know, I think that's part of its appeal, right it's It's accessible, it's it's very usable.
0: Wow, um so Tom, do you want to talk a little bit more about why SWOT is so popular from from your experience?
2: Well, I think it's so popular just because it's under the category of we tend to do what we always have done. I mean it's been around for um decades. As a planning tool, and therefore, just by its longevity, people probably think that oh it must be it must be an insightful tool, and it's not terrible um you know you th- th- These are things you probably uh should be thinking about in your strategic plan what are my strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, or threats and, and threats um, to my product, to my division, to my portfolio, to my company but of course uh you know the biggest problem with it is that the strengths in particular are not assessed from a standpoint of what customers really care about. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and so that's the problem with it. And I guess we should have called the the, the title of this podcast SWAT should be dead. And that's why we think Mm -hmm. SWAT should be dead. It's because when you start talking about your strengths, you tend to uh, in, in the same manner that we said the reason SWOT is still popular, we tend to talk about what we've always talked about, what our strengths of the companies is and are, and that tends to garner investment in a planning cycle. And if customers no longer care about those strengths, then all of a sudden we are investing in things that customers don't care about, and it's led to some really uh, difficult situations. Mary, you talk about Medtronic a bit. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I think that um, you, you always do what you've always done because you're good at it is probably the you know the theme of this. And um, what had happened was for years, because they were so good at building an academy and teaching docs how to put stents in, um, a medical procedure, that um, they continued every year. It was one of their strengths on their SWOT analysis and they poured more money into it. Well, over time all the doctors knew how to put stents in so the value to the customer wasn't there and they missed a bigger opportunity to invest in digital and some of the ai all the new technology that was coming out wasn't showing up on their swot analysis Um, and so it you know it led them down a pretty bad path for a while until they realized that um, it was pretty much just a laundry list of internal stuff and so being able to step back and look at it differently and, and look at what the customer needs were and where the trends were taking them, that I think that was how they got out of the hole. But um, what have you guys seen in terms of how companies are using it perhaps in a more productive way, if at all?
1: Actually, before I answer that marriage, I just really wanted to pick up on what Tom said, because I think it's important, you know, that we, we sit here and say, you know, SWAT is dead or should be dead or it doesn't work, but, um, there are some positives to it as well. I mean, we'll get to how how it can be improved and used, but I always take the view that if someone's taking the time to at least consider those questions, that's a positive, right? You know, if, if you don't know what else to do, then start here because at least you're making that list and you're thinking about some of the topics that you will need to fold into any kind of strategic thinking. You need to be aware of them so I always you know it, it's something that that it can be done so much better but the fact that they're doing it at all is a positive right because some people don't even bother with with this basic level of of assessment and I think that's that should be recognized These, I sometimes feel I'm a little bit arrogant when I stand there dismissing tools when I'm thinking you know what though what's driving the behavior and it may be a desire to learn more and to take action so it has that positive element to it as well doesn't it it's not not all negative.
0: Well, to add to to your thought, you know, I, I do like the fact that it gets people thinking and, and any question-based approach, I agree with you. Uh, and if you're going to have a list, at least prioritize the list. You know, I guess I, I kind of get really nauseated when I look at some of those and there's 10 bullets in each of those boxes that you described. And it's like, whoa, okay, what is even important here? Even if there is some outside thinking in here, I can't find it because there's just such long lists of stuff. So, you know, prioritize it down to a couple. of might help as they're going through it.
1: (laughs) Right. And that's that's exactly what you see. It's almost like it runs out of steam. You know, it's like, right, what are the strengths? Boom, boom, boom. What are the weaknesses? Boom, boom, boom. And then they step back and it's like, now what do we do? We've essentially got a a slightly fancier brainstorm list. But I know, Tom, you've you've in, in these situations pushed people to add the customer dimension which makes a difference. Even if you're doing basically the same procedure, adding the customer. Yeah. And Sean, right? what
2: you're saying, I think is really true in terms of, you know, if people are doing it because it does have some, some value and, and, and we're dramatic about saying SWAT is dead or should be dead, but it really doesn't take much to turn the exercise into something really meaningful. And I think that's what you're asking me, Sean, I, what, what we tend to do is simply add the component of first, before you even start articulating your strengths and your weaknesses, Step back and look at what your target markets and target segments really want and need, and that allows you to then do what you're both saying. I think really focus first of all on the strengths and weaknesses. You know, the strengths that really matter to customers, and shoring up the weaknesses that customers care about. And it ultimately becomes a shorter list, as Mary's talking about. It's not a laundry list, but it really is the three or four things that you should emphasize that matter to customers and the three or four things that you need to fix because customers really care that you're not good at those things. And I think that's, you know, that's where you start. But um, I think you probably, I, I know, I don't think, I know you both experienced also how we bring some broader thinking to the o the opportunities and threats part of the analysis. Wants to talk about that.
0: Um, I will. I, I'll say. I, I think. Like just doing the SW first. So the S and W, the alternative to making that more rich. Let's just say you're going to use a SWOT, and you. But you're going to infuse it with outside-in thinking. Then the strengths and weaknesses. If you use something like the ability to compete, that allows you to look at it through the eyes of the customer, and then from that analysis, uh, you're able to identify. What the strengths and weaknesses are—that I think is—is is the key to that first two buckets and, and making it really um, more insightful and more future-driven. Um, so, I so Sean, I took the S and the W. Do you want to talk about the O and the T?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, it, it's really interesting that that simple step that that Tom was talking about of of looking through the lens of the customer, because it is a very internally focused document and and when you look at it that way of course you're going to come up with internally focused ideas and that will lead you ultimately to an internally focused strategy which is the exact opposite of the customer focused one and and the poorer for it um, I think when you look at the opportunities and, and threats again you can look at them through the customer's lens and start thinking which opportunities and threats are, are there for your customers and how can you react to that how can you enhance those opportunities and mitigate those threats um, and push it one layer up, if you like, by looking at the, the opportunities and threats from the customer's perspective. Um, and you can also use, you know, scenario planning tools when you're thinking to yourself, rather than just listing every possible threat or indeed opportunity that's going to be driven by external events, you you can actually make that a separate exercise and start to assess both, you know, the likelihood of these opportunities or threats occurring and the impact it has. So you can enhance it with other tools, you know, and give it a much more granular approach in in um in focusing on what those are, whether it's internal or preferably whether it's from yeah, the Yeah, it's funny. We
2: we um in the first season we talked about the chapters of the book, but there really wasn't a chapter in the book that was dedicated to um what what is often called our planning assumptions or trend analysis or what Sean, you just called the scenario planning tools. But um those are really important, and we often um, guide our clients at the very beginning of sessions to begin thinking really broadly, even broader, more broadly than just you know, a customer segment, but like thinking about the entire market and environment surrounding their products and services and begin to think about a, existing trends or um, phenomena outside of their control that nonetheless could impact the attractiveness and and their ability to 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 succeed in their markets. And 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 they start doing those things and they come up with, you know, tons and tons of different things. It's kind of scary really, all the factors outside of your control that could affect your market. But Sean, I think as you're saying, when you have that long list, and then you know you use a tool of some sort like ours to start to say which ones really um, are, are going to impact or likely to impact your your business, and 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 which ones will impact it in a big way, now you start to do that prioritization that Mary talked about earlier, and you start to get um, a small but really impactful list of opportunities and threats to your marketplace, and even though. These things are outside of your control. We preach the discipline of at least understanding that they can impact your market. And if there are things you can do to plan ahead if these things out of contr- out of your control happen, then you ought to be thinking about them now, especially if they could be extremely impactful to your business.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're sort of saying, isn't it, with the, why SWAT is dead to us, I suppose, is there's not one thing that SWAT gives you that we don't get with a, a slightly more robust more insightful more forensic tool that comes together to cover all of the bases that a swot analysis would at least begin the process of identifying we we do those with lots of other tools and i guess it's sometimes it's just a, a lack of alternatives that drive people down the SWAT. you know we talked earlier about why people use it and, and and lack of alternatives is a is a key reason and and you know as when you've got nothing else, you've, you've got what you've got. But there's plenty more ways to to really get the insight that you might start moving towards with SWOT mm-hmm. with different tools. Almost a collection of three or four tools would give you everything you need, whether it's competitors or ability to compete or... Uh, planning assumptions and so forth. It, it, it's it's just a different way of, of, of a, a more granular way of getting it, I suppose. And
0: it really doesn't take much more effort. Um, you know, if you really are in the cycle of asking what customer needs are, and as you were saying, Sean and Tom, about the opportunities and threats, um, it's just anytime you look at a SWOT and you you know, get a bad feeling in your stomach and you think, wow, we're being trapped in the past or we're really not, I don't see where, you know, customer needs are anywhere reflected in here, it's probably a pretty good signal that you should, you know, grab for at least an ability to compete or a scenario planning or a planning assumption um, and it just it will it will provide you I think with what we what I would call an outside in SWOT which is a whole lot more useful and then it, um, it I think Sean you used the word vitality um, it has a lot more life to it um, and gives gives everyone a much better idea of what they should focus on with the resources and ultimately that's what these types of tools should be doing is is where should we focus our resources now in the future or not and this should help you also say we shouldn't focus in this area um any closing thoughts
1: yeah i'm not sure if we're saying swat is dead or, or we we're, we're actually probably landed on the fact that that the swat the intent behind swat can be done so much better um so the intent stays we need to understand these things but contextualize them is is key and put them through the customer lens. And I guess there's just better ways to do that. So we'll put SWAT on the critical. Maybe we way. should just say
2: SWAT needs to be rebranded. I think as long as it's called SWOT, you know, people will, will, will make the same mistakes. Although maybe that's even too ambitious. I think uh, what we're all in violent agreement about is the, the idea of doing SWOT is the right idea. Uh, there's just, you know, bring the customer into the SW part and cast a wide net as you think about, you know, trends and impact that trends can have on your business on the OT part, do a much better job.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, Um, Please go to our podcast page on iTunes and we have all of our episodes there. So if anything sounds good from our first uh, series, you can certainly uh, find it there. And we appreciate if you can give us a rating or review so we can reach a wider audience. You know, hopefully it's your accidental marketer colleagues or boss. Um, and also if you would like to give us any feedback or tell us about other topics that you would like for us to address the, um, we have the accidental uh, where you'll find everything and you'll see a podcast button. So we look forward to, uh, having you join us on future episodes. Thank you.